Welcome back to another episode of The Serial Killer. This time we are doing the second episode on the North Carolina Killers. This one is Blanche Taylor Moore. Classification, Serial Killer. Characteristics, Poisoner. Number of victims, 1 to 4. Date of murders, 1968 to 1986. Date arrest, July 18th, 1989. Date of birth, February 17th, 1933. Her victims, P.D. Kaiser, her father, Isla Taylor, her mother-in-law, James N. Taylor, her first husband, and Raymond Reed, her boyfriend. She used arsenic. Location, Alamance County, North Carolina. Status, sentenced to death on January 18, 1991. In 1989, police began investigating Moore after her second husband, Reverend Dwight Moore, became ill with suspicious symptoms. A doctor ordered toxic testing and determined his illness was from arsenic poisoning. He somehow survived the ingestion of large amount of poison over a week's time. The police became suspicious of Moore and asked that the bodies of Moore's former boyfriend, Raymond Reed, and James N. Taylor, her first husband, who died in 1973, be exhumed. It was determined that both men died of arsenic poisoning. Moore's father, P.D. Kaiser, also died of symptoms similar to those that occurred with arsenic poisoning. Moore was convicted for the murder of her boyfriend, Raymond Reed, and received the death penalty. Speculators say Moore killed the men in her life because of deep-seated hate for her alcoholic father that forced her into prostitution to help pay the family bills. Source, North Carolina Department of Corrections. Blanche Kaiser Taylor Moore, born February 17, 1933, is an American convicted murderer from... Alamance County, North Carolina. She was convicted of killing her boyfriend by slipping arsenic into his food and is suspected of killing three other people and nearly killing another in the same manner. She was born Blanche Kaiser to Parker D. Kaiser, mill worker, ordained Baptist minister, and womanizer. He was an alcoholic who later forced her into prostitution to pay gambling debts. At the least... At least in part due to this, she was known to switch from quoting scripture to sexually explicit topics in the same breath. Kaiser died in 1966 and cause was reported to be a heart attack. In 1952, she married James Napoleon Taylor, a veteran and furniture restorer. She bore him two children, one in 53 and another in 59. In 1954, she began working at Kroger as a cashier. By 1959, she had been promoted to head cashier, roughly the equivalent of a customer service manager today, the highest job available to a female employee at Kroger at the time. In 1962, she began an affair with Raymond Reed, the manager of the store where she worked. After Moore had begun her relationship with Reed, Taylor died. Again, the cause was reported as heart attack. After her husband's death in 1971, the two began dating publicly. By 1985, however, the relationship had soured. There are, indica there are indications that she began to date Kevin Denton, the regional manager for the Triad area. However, the relationship ended, and Moore filed a sexual harassment lawsuit against Denton and Kroger in 1985. Denton was forced to resign, and Kroger settled the case out of court two years later for $275,000. 
Moore had met Reverend Dwight Moore before leaving Kroger. However, she had to hide her relationship with Reverend Moore because her lawsuit against Kroger's maintained that she was completely alienated and antagonistic towards men and has not been able to maintain a meaningful social contacts with the opposite sex. While she was dating Reverend Moore, she asked him to procure some arsenic-based ant killer for her. In 1985, Moore also accused of unknown pervert of starting two fires that damaged her mobile home. In 86, Reed developed what was initially diagnosed as a case of shingles. He was hospitalized in April of that year and died October 7th, 1986. Doctors indicated the cause of death was Gullian Bear syndrome. And I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. Also, all this information comes from Murderpedia, the Encyclopedia of Murderers. The lawsuit was settled a year after Reed's death. Blanche and Reverend Dwight Moore began seeing each other publicly shortly after Reed's death. They planned to marry, but in 1987, Blanche Moore developed breast cancer. The wedding date was pushed back to November 1988, but Moore developed a mysterious intestinal ailment that required two surgeries to correct. On April 19, 1989, the couple were married and honeymooned over a long weekend in New Jersey. They returned on a Monday, and on Wednesday, Reverend Moore collapsed ill after eating chick a chicken sandwich. Doctors at North Carolina Memorial in Chapel Hill determined that the cause was arsenic poisoning. Analysis later determined that Reverend Moore had survived the largest dose of arsenic from which a victim had not died. The North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation was notified. And exhumations occurred on Taylor, Reed, and her father. Subsequent autopsies showed elevated levels of arsenic in all the bodies. It also emerged that doctors at Baptist Hospital had ordered a toxicology screen of Raymond Reed. The results showed a massive amount of arsenic in his system. However, on the day the test came back, the resident responsible for caring for Reed rotated to another hospital, and the new resident never passed the results up the chain to, of command. As a result, Reed received the final fatal dose of arsenic in his hospital bed. The SBI got suspicious of Blanche Moore when they found out she had tried to get Dwight Moore's pension changed so she would be the principal beneficiary. They also knew that she had lied about much money she had received from Raymond Reed's estate. During interviews, Blanche Moore mentioned that both Dwight Moore and Raymond Reed felt depressed and had probably been taking arsenic, something that was found highly improbable. Additionally, it emerged Moore had still been sleeping with Reed around the same time she began dating Dwight Moore. Blanche also had Dwight's haircut in an attempt to prevent hair samples from being obtained by the SBI. But public, but pubic hair, not public, pubic, samples were used instead. On July 18, 1989, Blanche Taylor Moore was arrested and charged with the first-degree murder of Raymond Reed. Prosecutors opted to charge her with killing Reed rather than trying to kill Dwight Moore because they felt they'd be able to show her spooning arsenic lace pudding to Reed. In Dwight Moore's case, doctors had recognized signs of arsenic poisoning early on, making it more difficult to find out who was poisoning him. The trial opened in Winston-Salem on October 21, 1990. Moore 
adamantly denied ever giving Reed any food. However, the state introduced 53 witnesses who testified about her daily trips to the hospital bearing food. The state had an easier time than expected in making such a complex case because Reed's ex-wife and son sued Baptist Hospital for malpractice. They were able to get the normal statute of limitations for wrongful death thrown out because they were able to prove that Blanche, an executor of Raymond Reed's estate, should have been the person to find out about the toxicology screen. The Reed family argued that Moore fraudulently prevented them from finding out about the tests. Under the terms of the deal between Forsyth County District Attorney's Office and Reed's family lawyers, most of the evidence against Blanche was gathered by the Reed family lawyers, although the courts have interpreted the Fifth Amendment protection against self-incrimination very broadly for criminal cases such as protection usually don't apply in civil cases. Civil law also allows much more latitude for searches and subpoenas. She was convicted on November 14th. On November 17th, the jury recommended the death penalty. On January 18th, 1991, the presiding judge occurred with the ju- concurred with the jury and sentenced Moore to die by lethal injection. She currently resides at the North Carolina Correctional Institute for Women. She is prisoner number 0288088. She wrote music in the past and spends her time writing poetry. Because of the automatic appeals in progress, Moore has been able to stave off execution for over 20 years. She maintains her innocence to this day. One of her attorneys, David Tamer, misappropriated client funds, including Moore's, and was convicted of embezzlement. He also had a history of mental problems. In 2010, Moore and 11 other death row inmates from Forsyth County filed a motion to convert their sentences to life imprisonment on the basis of state's Racial Justice Act. Essentially, the issue was the racial composition of the jurors. Health issues in prison have required chemotherapy and radiation therapy. During the investigation that led to Moore's conviction, exhumations of her also performed on several other people. Subsequent examinations showed that her father, P.D. Kaiser, and her first husband, James N. Taylor, had both died of arsenic poisoning. There are other speculated victims, including several close friends and relatives who died mysteriously showing signs of arsenic poisoning, but none of them have been exhumed for farther evaluation. Other possible victims include her mother-in-law, Isla Taylor. Moore has been charged for the murders of James and Isla Taylor, as well as attempted murder of Dwight Moore. However, authorities have decided not to try her because they felt it wasn't worth the effort to win more verdicts against someone already sentenced to death. They also opted not to charge her with the death of P.D. Kaiser because the manner in which he treated Blanche as a girl might have made her seem like a sympathetic figure. Charges are pending in the deaths of several other speculated victims. So with that being said, that is Blanche Taylor Moore, who is actually still sitting on death row in North Carolina. Now, the Serial Killer podcast uh, is going to be on a little bit of hiatus after this episode due to me having surgery on the 25th of November. Um, and hopefully I won't be down for too long, but I might not have an episode next week. So anyways, that bearing in mind, I will be working on some other stuff, um, and try to get an episode up as quick as possible. I just don't know how long the recovery period is going to be after my surgery. 
So anyways, thank you for listening to The Serial Killer. I'm your host, Jeremy Skaggs, and we will be talking to you soon.